Welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast, the special Sunday series that we're doing around here now that you guys are continuing to tell me that you enjoy. So hope you have a cup of coffee, and if it's Sunday morning, welcome in, and I uh, hope that you get a lot out of what we're going to talk about today. I uh, had just this verse in the Bible from Psalm milling around in my head, and I thought, well, let's play with this. And then as I looked at it, as I made a couple of notes and I sat there and stared at it, the metaphysical, if you will, meaning came right on in. So what was playing in my head is that verse from Psalm 46. It says, be still and know that I am God. And as I wrote it in my notes, what I could see on the page as I was looking at it at that point was, that I am God was the part that stood out. Know that I am God. It wasn't in the context of the quotation of the verse. So let's look at that from Psalm 46. This is just a couple of verses from the Bible. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Of course, a lot of the Psalms are written from that perspective of the struggle of humanity and the greatness or the largeness of our source being a time of help and trouble. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, a verse often quoted during funerals. This continues to say, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. But God says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And the psalmist says, The Lord Almighty is with us. So this is, at face value, seems to be coming from a third-party declaration. God is our help and strength, in other words, something outside of ourselves. We will not fear. The Lord Almighty is with us. In other words, it's another party. It's a third party being with us or a third party orchestrating things on earth. But remember, I'm looking at this and it says, be still. That's the first part of the deal. And then know that I am God. Well, what if that's me reading this to myself and you reading it to yourself? Be still, soul. And know that you are God. Well, can we legitimately get there in the context of the Bible, in the context of Scripture? Or is that blasphemy, and as we'll read in a minute, worthy of stoning, if you were Jesus, trying to tell that to the religious leaders of the day? And the fact that they were threatened by it gives us a lot of hope that, yes, we probably can get there. Well, let's consider another chapter that is very quoted in the Bible especially by our late friend, Dr. Wayne Dyer. This is from Psalm 82. Many of the Psalms were penned or written by King David, the second Hebrew king after Saul, the David of David and Goliath, of course, the David of David and Bathsheba, and David, the father of King Solomon, who succeeded him, the wisest man on earth who wrote the Proverbs. But Psalm 82 is written by Asaph. Asaph, like David, was a poet. He was also a singer and a prophet. So this is one of his songs or psalms. And again, it begins in the context of third party. God presides in the great assembly. God renders judgment among the gods, little g. And then in verse 5, it says, The gods, little g, 
know nothing. They understand nothing. But I said, You are gods. You are the sons of the Most High. Now, if we stopped right there, we would take the context that he was saying that they were God's little g. But look at what Jesus did with this. He's having it out again with the religious leaders. They're trying to get rid of him. They don't like what he's saying because he's trying to challenge them. And boy, I mean, are we not there today in our own world? I mean, history repeats itself until you learn it, right? So he says, for what good work are you going to stone me with those rocks? And they say... We're not going to stone you for a good work. We're going to stone you for blasphemy, because you make yourself to be God. Jesus said, this is all in John chapter 10, by the way. Jesus said, wait a minute. Isn't it written in your law that I said you are gods? And if he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, and do you say of me, who the Father consecrated and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I say I'm the Son of God? What Jesus did there was just some fancy wordsmithing to turn the whole thing back around that they had no wiggle room out of. Their law, which to them was like the United States Constitution is, let's say, to a citizen of America, it was their founding and operating document, if you will. They defended it with their very lives, and he basically just swung it around and said, To whom the word of God has come, your book says they are gods. I'm just saying what the book says to my own application, is basically what he told them. And then he said the very classic thing of, Am I not doing this work? If I'm doing this work, then believe me. If I'm not doing this work, then I'm a fraud. You're right, I'm wrong. Pick up your rocks and kill me. And then the coup de grace, if you will, that ties all this together is in John chapter 14, where Jesus told his followers, you will do greater works than these because I am in my Father, because I am going to the Father. This puts Jesus in the role of wayshower. And if you think of it in that context, that Jesus came at a certain point of history, if Jesus did come, and I know it could be metaphorical completely, but Jesus' message was, be still, soul. And know that you are God. You are of God. That water in that water bottle you carry around. If it were from the ocean, you could say this bottle has water from the ocean. If you live by the ocean and you could go to the ocean and pour the water back into the ocean, then you could say that the water returned to that from which it came. And Jesus is just saying, if you want to kill me for that, well... Your blindness is holding on to a position that I'm trying to shatter. Fred has mentioned this in a number of his books where he talks about these pivotal characters that came at certain times in our history to point to higher ground. It's like where humanity got stuck and then leaders like Jesus or Krishna or Buddha, etc. come at certain times in order to lift humanity up to higher ground. Buddha came to point to enlightenment. 1,000-level energy on the scale of energy, the highest potential. And really, Jesus' message is sort of like that, too. Buddha talked about meditation. Jesus talks about, you are gods. You are connected to 1,000-level energy. Can you start to believe that? Can you start to live into that? Can you start to act like that? Greater works will you do when you finally wake up and believe it. Well, Chapter 10 ends with that they tried to stone Jesus again, and he escaped from them. 
and the whole doctrine since for 2,000 years has said, How dare you think that you are God? The Jews finally caught up with him, and then the church has been killing people and killing off this idea for the last 2,000 years following him, and it all based back to control. So the message today is be still and know that you are God. And if you think about that, how would it change your life? And if we go back to the beginning verse of Psalm 46, that God, you, is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Could we get to the point where we were so confident of who we really are that when troubles come, we in essence are our own refuge because of our strength, because of our position, because of what we believe? And think about it. All those old stories and psalms particularly of God intervening, God, please come and judge the wicked. God, please come and save the oppressed. Can you look around and, except for miracle situations, which absolutely occur on a daily, uh, hourly, minute basis around the world, but broadly, can you look around various places on earth and see where God is judging the wicked? You might say, well, Thomas, have you read the news? Well, yeah, but how long has that regime or some variation of it been in power? been going on for a long time. What about if you traveled to Africa and saw kids in starvation, and now see it in our own streets, the abuse, etc.? Where is that God coming to judge the wicked? See, the God is in us. This is where the consciousness has to rise, or we're in trouble. This is the message. You are the gods. It's not something else. Don't look out there. Look in here, and you have everything you need. Just need to learn to bring it out. That was Jesus' exact message. Are you religious leaders going to kill me for doing the work that you're begging God to do? I'm out here doing it, and you want to kill me. You are the God you're asking to intervene, but you won't accept that. And when you hear it in your ears, Oh, get a rock! Blasphemy! Stone him, stone him. We do the same thing today. We haven't grown up. My encouragement to you this Sunday is to be still and start to explore that you might just be God. And if you were, and if you were the refuge in times of trouble, how would that change your life and change your world and change the world. Kind of sends chills, doesn't it? It sure does. I'll leave you with some beautiful, serene music from Fred Dodson, who also believes this, by the way, so you can be still. I'm Thomas Miller. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the journey.
The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.